0: from The Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to The Hills Church. Changing the public square. Mm. Okay. So we're open for business. Planting in the land. And Isaac sowed in that land and found in the same year a hundredfold. And Jehovah blessed him. And the man waxed great and grew more and more until he became very great. Um, I don't want to start with a lot of um, protocols, but I'd like to thank Pastor Moses for the invitation. I've never met him and he's never met me. So, to entrust me, uh, thanks to Synesis. um, It's really great to be here, to see speakers. Ola is a really good friend I haven't seen in a long time. And so, we were just catching up. Uncle (sighs) Ayo. He tries to be young and call me Auntie Jumoke, And I say, I'm younger than you, Uncle (laughs) Ayo. So, we're always. (laughs) we always trying to see who will be youngest, but a really amazing man of God who has taught me how to really, really, really go deep into the scriptures and bring them alive. I'd like to thank you publicly for all that you do. <laughs> yeah. The Nigeria we want. Now just imagine, just close your eyes if you want or leave them open, but you're in the year 2032. It is 30th of September, 2032. Nigerians are preparing for their 72nd Independence Day celebration, and the mood of the polity is elated and expectant. According to the Financial Times, the country has enjoyed nothing short of a phenomenal transformation over the last decade, driven by daring homegrown policies initiated by the former president and his cabinet of reformers since 2023. We now have a female president, by the way. (laughs) And the economic growth trajectory has seen Nigeria ranked at 16th position in global GDP at USD one point over a trillion US dollars. We're the first African country to ever surpass the one trillion mark in GDP in history. The country's economic strategy team is motivated by the fact that the aggressive fight against extreme poverty is yielding results, as GDP per capita has more than quadrupled in just under 13 years, with inflation consistently under 4% for the last seven years. As a result, while reforms continue, over 100 million persons have already been lifted out of poverty as at 2030. With Nigeria's security challenges thankfully a thing of the past, the government's consistent investment of between 10% to 12% of GDP per annum on critical infrastructure for the last decade to bridge the infrastructure gap has yielded fruit. Amplified by significant private sector investments in power seaports, airports, rail, roads, and broadband connectivity. Nigeria's competitiveness increased exponentially as productivity across the country in manufacturing for exports, agribusiness across global value chains, and the services sector galloped, leading to the creation of millions of new jobs from growing businesses across the six geopolitical zones. With the completion of several critical long-term infrastructure projects in the last two years and its giant strides in its business and regulatory environment, Nigeria is undoubtedly the location of choice for foreign direct investment by global investors and is now consistently ranked a leading top three emerging market destination. Today. Over 30 of the world's top 100 auto parts makers have production facilities in the country. Last year, African countries imported over $23 billion worth of cars and car parts from Nigeria. And many auto brands continue to make significant new investments in Nigerian factories, including Tesla, Toyota, Audi, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and listen, Five Nigerian commercial cities now have metros, and the Lagos Metro is Africa's busiest, carrying more than 12 million passengers daily. In addition, Nigeria now has over 600,000 kilometers of paved road networks across the country, as well as active inland waterways. In human development indicators, Nigeria has made significant strides in health, education, and housing to achieve considerably remarkable improvements in just one decade. For health, life expectancy of average Nigerian at birth has increased from 62.6 years to 71.3 years. Importantly, under-five mortality rate per thousand births has decreased from 112 to 24. Maternal mortality ratios have decreased from 917 per 100,000 to 117 per 100,000, with 95% of births now attended to by skilled health professionals and over 110% increase from a decade ago. Today, Nigeria is one of the top five countries in the world to use technology in the classroom, particularly for teacher training and delivering innovative education products to children in its rural areas. As a now undisputed leading tech destination globally, Nigeria now boasts of over 100 unicorns in the last two years due to its vibrant policy-enabled tech space that has continued to grow exponentially And in culture, the country is now one of Africa's top five tourism destinations. After Nigeria's successful bid to host the next FIFA World Cup, there has been a significant (laughs) inflow of capital into the country's sports value chain as a whole, and the excitement is palpable across the country. In the Science and Technology Readiness for Frontier Technologies Index, 2031, Nigeria now ranks 38th in the world, thanks to the enabling policies of the Honorable Minister and her colleagues. (laughs) (laughs) And is first in Africa, having overtaken South Africa, currently at 54th position three years previously. The entire African region has benefited from the effects of Nigeria's economic prosperity as a result of a vibrant and maturing African continental free trade area, which has boosted intra-African trade to 48%. Global analysts have watched in amazement as Nigeria has come a long way over the last 10 years becoming a textbook example of how an economy can turn itself around. What they have done is nothing short of a miracle, said the IMF chief in Washington last week, commenting on Nigeria's Q2 performance, which is set to propel the country to exceed the projected growth rate of 9% it has maintained over the last two years. To enter the double digits by the end of 2032. How did they succeed where others have failed? So I wrote that on the 30th of September 2021 in Abuja. I'm deeply honored to have been invited to be part of this extremely timely second edition of Ecclesia Hills Business Conference, Open for Business. Planting in the Land, on Genesis 26, 12 to 13. And I thank the lead pastor, Pastor Moses and his team, for selecting perhaps one of the most critical subjects in our national development story, our role in nation building. And Isaac sowed in the land, and found in the same year a hundredfold and Jehovah blessed him. It also says in verse 14 that (laughs) the Philistines envied him. I thought I should just chip that in because (laughs) the blessings come with responsibility and and a lot of other things, but let's stay with, let's stay with. Um, I think the question this morning is, how best can we mobilize Nigerians to pursue nation building to sow righteousness in governance, politics, and leadership of Nigeria? And how do we change the current narrative on Christians' involvement in government to influence it positively? How do we ignite and galvanize a movement of Nigerians, especially our youth, who are committed to building a righteous nation now? As we're all aware, we're on the cusp of another pivotal government transition. Yet another inflection point in our nation's history as we recently voted to elect another set of leaders to govern the affairs of the country for the next four years. In seasons such as this, political tensions are extremely high, followed by often weaponized ethnic and religious colorations and sentiments and emotions. They prevail due to a less than optimal state of the nation. Yet, I was struck by a recent profound statement by a dear friend, it is in these very times that Nigerian believers in Christ must discern between these two things, the self-spirit of activism and God's spirit of righteousness and justice. For the resentful, deep-seated anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. That standard of behavior which he requires from us, that's James 1, 20 from the Amplified. It is often said, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good women and men to do nothing. Yet, as true believers, we must respond and not react. So what would Jesus do? WWJD, back to Sunday school. (laughs) Over the past seven years, in the course of developing and implementing our business climate reforms, my team and I have related with and successfully collaborated with many people from all arms and levels of government and from the private sector. Interestingly, in the course of our numerous stakeholder engagements and interactions, negotiating reforms, preparing reports, receiving viral messages and complaints that come our way, Not once in all this time have I met a single person, a single Nigerian, who has ever admitted to even the remote possibility of playing a negative part in any way, shape, or form whatsoever with regard to any of the challenges we face in our business environment in Nigeria. It's just my personal experience. On the face of it, no one is corrupt. No one extorts money or receives bribes from businesses, and no one gives bribes or offers inducements to circumvent the system or to derive benefits over their competitors. We lament bitterly about all the systemic problems that affect us directly, but appear to have a blind spot about our own possible roles, our own biases, and erroneous mindsets, or our complicit bad behavior in creating or perpetrating these or different problems that affect others, a kind of indignant selective vision. We all want change, but we want someone else to change, not us. There is no denying that our current reality looks bleak. We appear to be at a crossroads in our country's history We all know why the policy is heated up. We know the reason's only too well. How then do we forge ahead and heal our land? Fear is the opposite of faith. Will I ever see the Nigeria of my dreams? I see the undeniable facts in front of me right now, but I know Nigeria shall be great. So I try to stay laser focused. I block out the negative noise. Whatever the source, I guard my mental space fiercely and continue to work as hard as I can with an ever greater sense of urgency because time is short. It's a choice that I have to make daily, a cross to pick up. Actually, a sustained hope is forged from choices, reminders, and mental decisions that I have to make several times each day by His grace alone. So how do we get hope? in the midst of hopelessness. By the way, my husband asked me, is there a dress code, like, you know, this is so very different from me, (laughs) like the hair, everything, and it's just, I think, the hope and the joy that I woke up with. (laughs) He was like, do they have a dress code over there? Yeah, Um, I'm usually more black lawyer, like, you know, or trad. Thank you. Thank you very much. So how do we encourage ourselves to go on? How do we forgive each other and not be paralyzed by bitterness? And how do we build and grow together? Much as I would like to be able to say otherwise to you, the truth is that this journey will take first and foremost committed people, smart, hard work, tenacity, and doggedness, knowledge, discipline, sacrifice, and time. As the saying goes, Rome wasn't built in one day, but then again, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And the faster we work, the sooner we get the country we want. I know you all liked the story. Yes, the faster we work, the sooner we get the country we want. A look at the history of any great nation tells us that there's no magic wand to nation building. Now fast forward to 2032, when Nigeria's history is being recounted regarding this current season, what would you have contributed? What positive, tangible things would you have actually done? When part, what part would you have played in building your nation? Not anyone else now, you. So apathy, sharp criticisms, constantly running negative armchair commentary on social media or with friends and family, making categorical statements based on sentiments, emotions or biases with limited information, judging others, absolving self. I'm not responsible for the mess. I'm not guilty of any wrongdoing. I'm not corrupt. I'm not one of them. Or I want to have other options. I want to do something else in my life. I want another passport. I'm not Nigerian anymore. I've given up on this country. But who are the people who form our society today? You and me. We. So the Nigerian assignment is a joint one. The responsibility is a collective one, positive or negative. The answer does not lie with any group of persons. other people, government, it lies with all of us together. We. The answer is that the problem I was born to solve for my country, my contribution, only I can make it. No one else can make it for me. No one else can do yours for you. My assignment will remain undone if I decide to leave it undone. So from here, and now, to there, by then, how do we then do this? If I am resolved to be act- to actively build my nation from where I am and to play my part, what does nation building entail and how can I help to build Nigeria? I was recently persuaded that hope is a strategy. It is indeed a strategy. It has to be. How do we get from where we are today to where we want to be without hope? Without still believing we can, and without faith. I personally choose to reflect on being thankful for the good, thankful for how far we have come as a nation, even as I acknowledge how we could have come much further. Taking responsibility for my own path, not perpetually blaming others, which polarizes us poisons relationships and dissipates energy, while changing nothing. I'm not in denial, and I'm not absolving bad behavior. I simply choose to focus on the task at hand, on how we can attain a dramatically better future for ourselves, our children, and generations yet unborn. I'm fully persuaded that we are all responsible for our collective future, good or bad. Because together, we have the power to do and undo. We are not helpless victims, unless we choose to be. And by now, no doubt, some people listening to me may be thinking I sound extremely naive. How does she she really know Nigerians? Does she know this country? Does she know who we are, all that has happened, what those people did to us, what I lost? How all my life's dreams were dashed, the fire, the rubble, the desolation. I know, I know. And what I also know with certainty is that we cannot move forward and attain the Nigeria we say we want without letting go of the toxins, changing our mindsets and rebuilding the walls and gates of our nation together. None of us can clap with one hand. Not everyone will come along, but our journey to the new starts with this basic step, now. We cannot take hold of the future while still holding on to the past or even the present. Nigeria has had many missed opportunities. We have been known for our great potential for over six decades post-independence. We have to dare to attain it. Now, in some of the most poignant words gifted to the world by William Shakespeare centuries ago, which remain particularly relevant to us today, there is a tide in the affairs of men, which taken at the flood leads to unto fortune, omitted all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries. On such a full sea are we now afloat, and we must take the current when it serves, or lose our ventures. So the opportunity currently before us, it's election season, but I'm so glad elections are, because there's just so much work to be done. Over 200 million of us, it's just the elite still. Most Nigerians are fighting for survival. So the opportunity currently before us, collectively, engagement during transition period, Regardless of our personal opinions and sentiments, some of us must strive to focus on moving Nigeria forward. There's so much work to do, and we could each decide to play a meaningful part in helping to shape the next administrations at various levels, federal, state, local government, political appointees. There's so much work to be done. Transition periods offers an opportunity for citizens to engage in the the government in waiting with policy ideas and implementation strategies. If you believe you have a solid contribution to make, please don't be shy or hang back till you are called. Nature abhors a vacuum. One thing I really must tell the church, the hustlers with possibly less altruistic goals are already hustling hard. Organized groups can bind together and should, with shared thinking, come up with well-informed, pragmatic solutions that are best fit for Nigeria, not ideas from wherever. Um, And to be able to do this, we must have deep knowledge on issues, the challenges, and to be open to discussions and opinions of others. Intellectual arrogance doesn't help much. Over time, I've met a number of people who believe they have all the answers and that people in government know nothing and are doing nothing. Yet their own understanding of the issues and workable solutions are glaringly limited. Early on, I used to tell people Lagos is in Nigeria. It's a big country with diversity and complexity. Transforming Nigeria quickly will take shared thinking to bring the very best of workable ideas together for rapid implementation with respect and trust. So post-inauguration support, we have to ask ourselves who built Singapore, Japan, the US, Europe, who will build Nigeria? And it's really not rocket science. If our best 11 keep away, then we basically continue to get what we deserve. Not everyone can or wants to serve in the public square But some of us actually have to do the work, and not later in our retirement, now. So many elite, highly qualified Nigerians at home and abroad have said to me in years, it must be such a tough job, and that they could never work in government. Um, Well, no surprises why things remain the same. Private sector groups and organizations must pool resources to fund quality technical assistance to support delivery of systemic change by giving high high quality technical support to elected and appointed government officials and check your motives. Get engaged, stay engaged for the long haul. Public service is patient service. Offer pro bono services, think tanks, and be ready to collaborate with others not like you. Be humble. No, you don't have all the answers. And yes, you're in a very different system than what you are used to. And to change it, you must first understand it, what works, what doesn't, and why. This is where many people from the private sector who foray into government stumble or fail. Now, individually, I've talked quite a bit about the public sphere, but individually because you don't have to be in government to make a change or to build your nation. I'll I'll share three quick examples um, for the individual. How do we start to take ownership and action to radically transform our nation? The great developed nations of the world today are not better than we are. Their people are not more talented or more brilliant. And there are few countries more blessed with such an array of diverse natural resources than this great land. However, we know from history that there's a handful of timeless tried and tested values that have been exhibited by nation builders in great nations over centuries. To reform a society, I must first reform myself. To me, it's as simple as that. So number one, have integrity. Personal righteousness first. Then collective righteousness exalts a nation. Let us each determine in our hearts to walk with integrity daily as Nigerians, even down to dropping refuse and going wrong ways. If every Christian in Nigeria was truly a Christian, we would not be. If every Christian just woke up on Monday morning and just did the right thing, heaven would know, Nigeria would know, and the world would know just doing the right thing. We have to decide individually to do what we know we ought to do. And when we do that, then we can run collectively. Let us have the boldness and the courage to be the change we wish to see in the nation, to stop doing things that we know are wrong. Let us stop doing things that we know are wrong. You preach to them every week. Let us stop doing things that we know are wrong. Not somebody else, us. Everyone is doing it is no excuse. When people say everybody's doing it, that's just the way it is. Yeah, we pay bribes, that's how it gets done. Yes, we take this one way, that's how everybody does it. Let us stop doing things that we know are wrong. No excuses. Reformers don't follow the crowd. Make integrity a habit. Just do the right thing. Make a good choice always, whether it's small or big decisions. Do the right thing all the time, even when you think no one is watching. It may make you feel or make you look foolish, but that is what makes us great. And the second thing, serve with excellence. There are many things, but I'll just share three. Serve with excellence. Leave selfishness, envy, and strife at the door for the sake of the collective good. Do the right thing even when it costs you personally. Personal sacrifice for collective good. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. John F. Kennedy. In his inaugural speech, he paid the price for reforming his country through extremely turbulent times with his life. He was actually assassinated, which is why we're still talking about him today. I'm not saying get assassinated, I'm just saying, (laughs) do the right thing. I sometimes hear many Nigerians at home and abroad say to me with pity, I love Nigeria, but I can never serve in government. We need to really just get over that, because then don't lament. Don't lament, because if you can't, then who should? But to love Nigeria is to build Nigeria. To love Nigerians is to serve Nigerians with our A game, in our productive years, even those who are not like us. It's not about people who look like us, who are Christians, who live around us, or who... Whoever in the rural communities, in Adamawa, in wherever, in but everywhere, where all Nigerians and God didn't make a mistake. The lesser educated, the people very different from us, it doesn't matter who we say we are are Nigerians. To love Nigerians is to serve Nigerians, all Nigerians, with our A game. We can disagree, we can have divergent views on issues, on outlooks, on religious beliefs, without hating each other, without killing each other. Resist negativity and apathy. One finger pointing at another, four pointing back at me. Laying down our pride and humbling ourselves to take personal responsibility, accountability, and service with excellence. What can you do? What can I do? Love is action. We start talking, if I start going to the Bible, I'll talk about Isaiah, Isaiah 6, woe is me. I'll talk about Daniel 9, collective repentance. There's so many examples we have from the word of God. Love is action, sacrifice. Nigerians are exceptionally high achievers in every field across the world. Let us all together decide to put our differences aside and do what works, what is good, with excellence and integrity and loyalty to replicate this excellence in our home and fix our country. Our work is our citizenship. That is what nation building is. And the third and final thing I'll talk about is being a visionary reformer. Reformers are creative innovators. They're agenda setters. They're global leaders with excellence, with homegrown ideas and ideals, not following the crowd not bending to the will of the collective. We must prove ourselves capable of organizing our own nation um, into a meritocracy, devoid of ethnicity, nepotism, or religious strife for the sake of the common good. We must lead with our best eleven, and our best eleven must step forward to the plate to be counted, and we must harness our vast human and natural potential maximally. As a nation, we should not be blinded and imitating others blindly, even their own faults, even their own mistakes and hypocrisy. We learn and we take ownership and responsibility for our own destiny. No time for small dreams. Leadership is a choice to take responsibility, to sacrifice, to serve. And if you're watching, and this is, this is you as a leader... This is you as a leader just taking the step forward and being that leader in whatever sphere, individually, and that's what leads to the collective. Great leadership requires selfless service with integrity. And when the leaders lead, the followers will follow. So in conclusion, I'll just say that it's often said that, you know, the mobile phone today has more computing power than the uh, computer aboard the Apollo 11 which took humans to space for the first time to the moon. Yet half a century later, the event is still one of the most significant achievements of humankind. As Neil Armstrong took his first step, he famously said, that's one small step for a man and one giant leap for mankind, yes. Today, we know that space travel has been commercialized, and this speaks to the power of vision. That's why I started with that story. If we can imagine it, then we can achieve it. In Nigeria, we have the plans, we have the structures, and we know what to do. What we lack is the committed people across all areas of nation building. And no one is exempt. There's no us and them. We are the people. We are the Nigerians collectively. There's no one else. And when the dirty water splashes, it splashes on all of us. So let us remind ourselves today that other nations have walked more difficult journeys, and some of them have come through more than all right. With the right people, both leaders and followers, and with the right mindset and the right actions, 10 years is enough to transform the trajectory of every single facet of this nation, and to have us firmly on the path of a developed nation in perpetuity. Yes, the audacity of hope. And we should have no time for small dreams. So as President Obama once said, in the face of impossible odds, people who love this country can change it. When Nigeria gets it right, Africa gets it right. And we have to build the Nigeria that we want to see, because no one else is going to do it for us. And it is realistic. I've worked in the presidency for seven years. So I wouldn't say this to you. I wouldn't have written that. That was written based on statistics and projections. It is possible. We have all the plans. It is the implementation, the committed, disciplined implementation. And 10 years is a realistic time frame. All those things I said, it's not pipe dreams. It wasn't just my imagination. It was actually researched and done with data. If we talk less, fight less, wish less, and instead, do more collaborative, smart work. It is a choice, it's a decision each of us must make to take our place and to pay the price in the highest capacity we can, whatever that looks like for each of us, no shortcuts, now, not later. If our nation is to be more developed in a decade's time across all key development indicators and the greater than it has been ever before, The glory of the latter day shall be greater than that of the former. And I believe God. I'm not looking back. And I'm not dwelling on current um, whatever. I don't even watch all those videos. When people send them to me, I'm just like, sorry. It's a personal choice. I'm not going to stand on sentiments, emotions. You know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about parties, it's not about people, it's not about ethnicity, it's not about religion. It's a spiritual battle for the soul of our country. So when we feed our emotions, we feed our flesh. And then how can we please God? (laughs) We are the women and men who built Nigeria. We are the ones that we seek. God bless you.